0: in the chill of the night
1: at the scene of
0: the crime like a streak of light he arrived
2: just in time spider-man by man friendly neighborhood spider-man fame and fortune he's ignored action is this reward look out there goes a spider-man
3: Episode 216 for February 2013. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have today's comics at yesterday's prices. An example on this episode is on Scarlet Spider number 16. In this one, Kane puts the fear of spiders into some terrorists who attack Houston. Now, the cover price is $2.99. MailOrder has it for just a buck eighty five, which is 38% off the cover price. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Welcome back, gang. We begin this show with tackling reviews of Superior Spider-Man number two and three. All right, we're going to hit Superior number two, and Chris, you've got this one.
4: All right, Brad. Well, the good news is we get to save a little time with my review because the synopsis is my con. (laughs) 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 But, yeah. yeah. All right, so, so this... I'm just gonna try and not die as these words come out of my mouth. <laughs> um, so the the issue begins with uh, Peter Puss Spider Puss uh, rescuing some scientific gadget, and the media is there, and Mayor Jameson is there to congratulate him, and Ghost Peter is uh, hanging out, just freaking out over the irony of the situation that Jonah finally likes Spider Man and accepts him, but he's dead, and Ock is posing as him, and and uh, I can't take this anymore! It's it's Crazy Town Banana Pants! Uh. And, and that is the point when, if you're reading this, your ability to take this story seriously ever again has gone. I, I, I don't know why it struck a chord with me, and I know I've later learned that this is a line from Community. But when I read that, I was thinking that this is just probably the stupidest thing that's ever been written in P- and put in Peter's mouth. And anyway, the, the net, to add insult to injury, we cut to Mary Jane and Carly Cooper, who are now living <laughs> together because, you know, when you get shot by a bullet that ricocheted off of a supervillain and you need time to reheal, re-heal the the place you want to go to recover is your ex-boyfriend's ex-fiancé. And then, of course, you want to sit around at coffee tables with her and talk about nothing but that said guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> the back test. Yeah, exactly, and uh, Mary Jane comments that this change that Peter's gone through is crazy town banana pants, and Carly's like, what, and Mary Jane says, what, Uh, it's just something Peter's always said, it rubbed off on me, and Carly's like, yeah, I picked it up too, because of course this is a long-running phrase, And, and meanwhile, Carly is thinking to herself, you know, it is... Interesting that Peter's acting so differently now, because I remember Doc Ock told me that he was actually Peter and Doc Ock's bodies, and their minds had switched. Hmm, this, this woman who's like my best friend is, is hanging out with this guy who could be this psychotic killer, but, but she doesn't tell her, and her reason for not saying that, sharing that information, and these are her actual words, it's, it's two crazy town banana pants. Uh, you, and you can even go check the issue. She actually—that is the excuse. But I—I right I think she really just wants Mary Jane dead because she's jealous of her. Um, Carly hammer. The story returns to our hero, Doctor Octopus, and and he's thinking, you know, I've become a better hero. Next step, get laid. And, <laughs> you know, he uh, he. He begins the Mary Jane Watson dating trials, I think it's called, and the the headings of each scene are labeled that way, like trial number one, and then like when he doesn't get laid at the end, like results infuriating, results disappointing, like it's a, a scientific experiment to him, which, you know, that's Doc Ock's personality, fair enough, and he he's he's mad that his attempts to, to get some are keep getting interrupted by crime, so he creates the spider bots, and then they uh, help patrol the city for him to free up some time. Um, But, you know, things don't go very well, and Otto comes to the conclusion that, you know, he's not going to get any from Mary Jane, but he realizes that not all of his hands are made out of metal now. And so... Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Say it. Yeah, so we are treated to... A big, creepy image of Peter Puss closing his eyes and smiling, surrounded by oh. him um, surrounded by all the romantic moments Peter's had in his memories with mary jane and and Otto is reliving those, and Peter is screaming in the background, No, 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 because he's being forced to watch Otto's sexual fantasy about um about his ex fiance. And tell you guys the truth, when I first read this scene, the idea of masturbation kind of escaped me. It just went over my head. I was I just read it as auto experiencing in the memories. But once I saw people talking about it online, I looked back, and the big clue for me was that in the panel immediately afterwards, Peter Puss is rolling out of his bed talking about how he slept so soundly.
5: <laughs>
4: oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: for the kids. For the kids.
4: Maybe it'll go off over your head, but I think there's no way that that was not intended to be heavily implied. And you know I'm hesitant to jump to these conclusions. I was on the side that said there was no way you could reasonably read number 699 to imply sex between Otto and Aunt May. And so hopefully that history lends some weight and credence to my interpretation here. And I'm going to go how, go ahead and state that Otto jacked off, you know, just flat out. That's what this <laughs> 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 then he starts to realize he doesn't need it Mary Jane anymore and he uh, starts flirting with Sajani from Horizon Webs and he calls her fetching Horizon, Horizon Labs not Horizon Webs he <laughs> calls fetching and this, the fact that he used the word fetching is just so confusing to Sajani that question marks literally start floating around her head and of <laughs> man like, Her fetching, like, is just what the hell, but, like, Mary Jane is the stupidest person in the world. She's gone, like, four straight issues now, not noticing anything different about him. Um, Mary Jane is uh, captured by the Vulture Babies at her night. (laughs) (laughs)
6: Chris,
3: you still there? Uh, Can you hear me? There you are, there you are. You're going in and out just a little bit. Kind of like Ock in his ma- mind. Oh. <laughs> Stop it! Sorry. God, Brad. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The part that's good about
4: this issue, actually, is Ock's about to use this, do the same mistake that killed Gwen Stacy, but Ghost Peter makes him do something differently, and I did like that part. Um, but then Otto you know, con- convinces Mary Jane that they need to break up because that's the only way that he could ever set Mary Jane free because Otto apparently read one moment in time and decided to quote it. And Mary <laughs> just- <laughs> "Ghost Peter is kind of nodding his head to it's like, wow, I'm surprised at you, Otto. You've done the one thing I never could do. And finally you have been put right. And, um, Oh, how did, that felt off, didn't it? Yeah. How, did, how does this thing even end? Um, <laughs> I don't know. But Carly Carly's going to investigate. She's not going to help just by telling Mary Jane, warning people. All right. i I'm going to go through some cons here because in the course of human events, there are bad issues. But then issues that are just so surreally, like, bizarre that their absurdity takes on a historic dimension – and I know that, like, this has been – but this issue was Crazy Town Barney Barton. And
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> issue to Doc Ock trying to get laid. I don't know about you all, but I'm a little sick of the sort of preoccupation with Dr. Octopus's sexuality. That's not the most interesting part about this premise, but it's coming up in every issue up to this point. Uh, He's either making out with Aunt May or staring at Mary Jane's boobs or whatever, and I I, I just give negative shits about Doc Ock's sex life. Here's a question for you.
3: If you're a pudgy little man that's been beaten by his father and you get your mind – what a hypothetical this is. You you get your mind transferred into a a fairly good-looking guy named Peter Parker. Wouldn't the first thing you try to do is get laid?
0: Well, yeah. The last person that Otto had sex with was a hologram.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's not
1: the question, though. The question is more, should that be the subject of the Spider-Man comic? I mean, I've seen, like... uh, Give me that. The body swap is a time-honored sci-fi tradition. I mean, I've seen things like Warehouse 13 the male and female co-stars swap bodies for an episode. Realistically, the guy that's in the girl's body is stripping naked and just masturbating the rest of the episode. That doesn't mean that's what the episode <laughs> should be. Yeah. Like, yeah.
5: The Scooby-Doo movie right. did that.
4: That's kind of the thing, and... Scooby-Doo porn? Um, no. Roll. <laughs> 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 I mean, what well, you have... mean it
1: just did a body swap? Because I was, I was here in Something else.
4: Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I can hear Chris. Go ahead. Am am I coming in okay? There you are. Now you're good. Okay. last thing I really want to say about this issue is that it's the first issue that significantly features Ghost Peter. And oh my God, if he isn't the most annoying thing I have ever seen in a comic book, every single panel has him floating around screaming the stupidest things you've ever heard in your life, like Crazy Town Banana Pants. Or my other favorite is when he tells Ock to suck it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, <laughs> And that just gives you the idea of the caliber of color commentary this ghost of Peter is providing. So basically with Otto acting like a jerk and Peter being annoying, this issue is a story about a douchebag being narrated by a jackass.
6: Wow. <laughs> All
3: right. So you loved it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Man. Man. Alright. Um what's what's your grade on it, Chris? Yeah. An F? I'm gonna I wanna hear other people's statements before I set it in stone, so why don't you guys just Okay.
3: Alright then. Uh
4: what's some pros? Anything you guys
5: liked about it? There's the a panel girl, where or... uh, Hey. There's a panel where um uh Puss and uh uh ghost ghost keepers <laughs> either uh aspire go up at the same time. I thought that was that was barely clever. I like I like
6: the fact that Spider-Man,
5: uh, tri- like
6: when when Doctor Octopus suited it up, so did Astral Peter.
1: Yeah, generally like, Stegman's I, art is the only good thing about this issue, and I'll I'll trace both of what you guys just said to Stegman's art. That's true.
3: What about the line where uh, Peter says she's my soulmate or something like that? I thought that was nice. No but
1: really? then.
3: But then the the turnaround where he's like, "You did something I can't do," or something like that. I totally negated that comment.
6: I thought it's like two personalities. Two no, I I absolutely get it. Because 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 Peter Peter knows he can never really truly walk away from Mary Jane. He thinks he can't.
1: But does he that's want what to? Because that's what we're implying
5: here.
3: He's right, he wants to leave her, but in the same panel he says she's
5: my soulmate. Okay, can I go, please? Yeah, go ahead. Oh I, I, God, I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to be like like abrasive, but like I'm. You guys are touching on my all my quotes. I want to kind of really hit this thing with right. a. Is this your
0: con, Don? We've been fighting about this all week.
5: Yeah, Josh okay. and I have been like having like NPR style debates about this issue. And um, <laughs> how many cons do I have? Like one, two, three. Four. I have nine cons, and. Oh, <laughs> God, okay, I, I don't want to listen to one because I don't want to take up too much time. Uh, number one, Peter's written like a bleeding man-child again, as you know. This this postmortem one continuously tries to do. When I hear the when I saw the phrase "crazy town banana pants" and the situation, you know, uh, postmortem Peter looking at jJ Jones Jameson shake Doctor Octopus Spider Man's hand. You know what it makes me think of? Mm. Huck, yuck yuck! That Parker luck. No. No, I- oh. You know why we started saying that? It was because it was so annoying that they tried to play with the Parker look as this like sort of shrug your shoulders, whoopsie daisy sort of uh, happenings when serious shit was going on. It's like, I understand that there's going to be some, some comedy with a, a villain being a superhero. But like Chris said, and like I said in my review, all the drama and all the possible you know relatability is ripped from this comic book with this issue. It's just, it doesn't take itself seriously. And when the situation, you know, which can be kind of fun... I mean, I don't... I'm not, like, a, a, a guy who only wants to read Watchmen and not have fun with comics. I like fun. I like funny stuff. But, like, you can't undermine uh, your characters or your story to the point where it's just complete farce. Do you, do you understand? Um, yeah. I actually don't know who I'm talking to. Uh, <laughs> I think never, you're talking listen. to the astral dance plot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Talking out loud always sucks. Don't do it. Um... It's funny because, oh, here's another thing, uh, remember during Slot's original run, like, you know, uh, big time and otherwise, we would always say how well he writes Mary Jane. You know, I suppose he's making up time now because Mary Jane is written to be so hellaciously stupid in this issue that you wonder if it's a different character. I mean, why does Dan Johnny say, Parker, what's wrong with you? And Mary Jane acts like a complete one dimensional idiot. Even at the end where she says, Spider Man, I love you! No, we can never be together. Oh, okay. It's like, what? Uh, it is, it's, We've she talked was, about this. Yeah, well, okay, yeah, you know what? Because Josh said, he put a, a very good explanation. If you had a girlfriend, and you went, you went out for a while, and you broke up, and then you saw each other again, there would be some awkwardness, and there would be some getting used to a personality that you are away from. And I'm, I'm not trying to see only he's going to say, but, like, there is some leeway with Mary Jane's actions towards Peter, but there's not nearly enough leeway to excuse the stupid writing, I think. Um, and also what you guys are getting into, uh, Peter missed to having love, this is the first time Peter's ever said he loves Mary Jane since One More Day. He's never actually said that, at least in the first because I'm not reading every issue. But he says, you know, she's my soulmate, Doc, or whatever, and then at the very end, wow, Doc, I was all wrong about you when I told you not to, not to, you know, masturbate to my ex-wife. It's just... <laughs> It's just like it's so – it's just written for story beats and not character beats. It's like, you know, it's bad enough for Carly Cooper to, um, you know, be shot and then move into somebody's house like that helps anything and not tell Mary Jane what he's thinking. And it's bad enough that we have a scene in the Spider-Man comic book of Dr. Octopus jerking his McGurkin. But the fact fact that like he writes these characters one way and then writes them another way in the very next page or the very next panel is so (laughs) stupid. That I'm about to run out of breath saying how bad it is. Somebody else go. One more time. What was that phrase you just used? Was it about pickles? <laughs> uh, somebody pickle? jerking
4: a
0: Birkin or something.
3: <laughs> <Okay>. Jerking <laughs> for jerking <laughs> pickles. My goodness, I have mercy.
5: Okay, okay, don
0: don, don, do you, don. don, do you
5: have any pros? No. None. Not a single one. Well, no. okay. Well, I I liked I liked Jay Jameson being written like he was written by Stanley because that's always kind of funny. But the, the pros are negligible when the cons are so. I'll use the word again, egregious, and, like, the characters are written so piss poorly. I mean, this is some of the worst Peter Parker and Mary Jane writing I have ever seen since the Clone Saga.
0: Oh, dear. <laughs> have
5: I, All right. I have any,
0: some things any... to say. Oh, go ahead.
3: Right, go ahead, Bertone.
0: No, um, I, I can't see the chat window, so I don't know if there's a running order, but I have some things to say about, you know, Mary Jane and, and this issue, so um... – One of the – I did like this issue because it's one of the big questions that's been happening since Superior and the body swap has been the whole, you know, shipping auto with Mary Jane thing. And I like how this dealt with it, and they, you know, basically made it the final word on the subject, like, okay, you know, we're not going to deal with this anymore. Will they or won't they? No, they won't. Um, I want to address – and if you think that this is talking about you, um, you know, fans on the internet or, you know, other people – Maybe it's you in particular. Maybe it's not. This is this is a collection of people that I've seen. But ever since this first happened, this whole rape thing. Oh my lord! Like I finally had to tell some people, Mary Jane Watson is not real. All this outcry over will Mary Jane get raped? Mary Jane Watson is not real. And hypothetically, if Otto did have his way with her, she is a villain. If that's not Marvel saying that it is okay to do this. And I saw one person after this issue came out, I could not believe the post that I saw it was like, okay, so Otto didn't rape Mary Jane, but he technically raped her, you know, by tricking her. It's like, okay. And I know that last year all that stuff happened with like legitimate rape and Obama saying, you know what, rape is rape. So I, I think it's a slippery slope where we, when we try and like define different levels of rape. But okay, if nobody is having sex with anyone, it is not rape. I mean yeah, it's like, you know, technically a rape by definition or whatever, but you know, you guys you guys have to stop being outraged by this. I'm sorry. Mary Jane Watson is not real. And the level of like stuff that I saw from this my my lord and it didn't happen and I suspected that it wasn't going to happen because Wacker said something like just wait till you read Superior 2. That that kind of gave me pause. Now onto the um, the thing that Don was talking about with Mary Jane and what people have been saying, why doesn't Mary Jane suspect? Um, I don't know, you know, the details of everyone's love life here, but, you know, let's say you've been in a relationship with someone for many, many years. You guys break up. You spend a lot of time apart. You're not even in contact with each other. And then a few years later, you see each other again, and you hang out, you know, regular. You're in the same social group. You hang out as friends. But, you know, there's still kind of, there's an unspoken distance between you two. You're not in, you know, you're not intimate in each other's lives, the same level that you were when you were married or in a relationship. And in that amount of time, somebody changes. And the changes that's happened to Peter is he's now a member of the Avengers, even though he was a, he just became a member towards like the tail end of his marriage to Mary Jane. But like, he's had a lot of crazy Avengers adventures since then. And, He's now a member of Horizon Labs. He's rich. Even Mary Jane talked about at the beginning of the big time, wow, Peter's so successful, and he did it all without me. I can't believe it. So a lot of changes have happened to Peter. And now when you're back together with the person, there's been a few years between you two, and that person has done a lot of growing without you. And even though you were hanging out as friends, you don't act the same around your friend as you do around an ex that you're now getting back together with. And Mary Jane is noticing some differences, and she's commenting on it. And, okay, people, everyone keeps on bringing up the whole chameleon thing. Yes, I know. In the 90s story, the chameleon disguises Peter, and Mary Jane noticed in a few seconds. First of all, there is a, a, a big difference between those two situations. This guy actually has Peter's body, whereas the chameleon probably would not have the exact same body, so there would be more subtle differences. And at the time, Peter and Mary Jane were married. Any subtle difference that Mary Jane would notice and get suspicious of, all Ock Peter has to do is say, hey, Mary Jane, remember that time when I gave you that engagement ring in a Cracker Jack box and you turned me down? Like, he can give her a few little breadcrumbs to throw her off the scent. But I think that that's why Mary Jane doesn't know that this is Peter. I know that this is ethically long, and you I don't know if you guys are typing in the chat, I but I had to get that out, because that's, like, one thing that a lot of people have been commenting on.
6: Okay, I got a question to kind of parlay your point to for Tony. Did sure. Dr. Octopus rape Peter?
3: <sighs> that's a very you good question what? too. I agree.
0: I did not read masturbation into that scene at first and um but I saw when it's <laughs> online. I'm not sure that that's what happened, but I was expecting oh, come on. <laughs> uh, I don't use uh, I I don't use Twitter. I was expecting slot to like go on Twitter and like say shame on all of you like he did with the Amacy, scene, he never did
1: that. So well, here's a, because it was clear,
0: here's a question <laughs> to
3: Chris. Could could Peter have a legitimate case for the first mine rape
4: <laughs> in the legal system? I the think there's not a whole lot of precedent on that issue.
3: Well, he, I, I, I know. <laughs> he could be the first. He could be the first. Send it to a jury. They'd say, yep.
4: It's the uh, I mean, it, it wouldn't be a question for the jury. The jury determines what the facts are. The judge decides if, you know, this meets the legal definition of rape or not. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> You're still crazy. banana <laughs> I just say like a couple sentences in response to Bertoni? Yeah, hit it. Just think that, yeah, subtle differences might not be noticed, but, you know, this is Peter Parker, like, guzzling champagne, staring at boobs and talking on a headset at dinner, you know, saying things in the middle of dates, like, all oh, everything's proceeding according to plan. And even the ghost Peter is, like, screaming, why don't you get this? Which just goes to show that Slot's aware of how absurd this is, but he's not doing anything about it. <laughs> I don't know, I just I just don't see these differences, I guess, as so unsubtle that Mary should not notice them, plus the inconsistency with Sajani, so like, is just having cartoon question marks, and Mary
3: (laughs) –
4: I don't understand what that is. is.
3: Jr, we haven't heard from you. What's your take on this?
2: Wow, I don't know if I can add to uh, Jerkin the McGurkin or anything. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, This, this, I tell you, and and maybe when we talk about issue three, uh, I can elaborate a little more, but this is just an example of just how utterly schizophrenic – Dan Slott's run has been because this was an appalling issue and it's like this is the same guy who wrote the first one you know and I I, it's I I, you know it's like you know be it's like you know when you have like the Betty Brand issue that we had some time back you know where or where she was assaulted it's you know and, and Aunt May is ragging on Peter you know because oh by the way you ran off like a scared teenager years after your uncle got you know blown away like oh Maybe any other scared teenager would have done. And anyway, but it, this story, this is awful. And, and part of it is because, like I said, when when they introduced Ghost Peter, now they they totally destroyed the focus of the story. Because now it's not about Doc Ock adjusting to life in Peter's body; it's Peter's vaude- running vaudeville commentary. You know, that's the subject of the issue. You know, it's like, it's not so much, well, what is Doc doing? It's how is Peter reacting to what is Doc doing? Um, And this, and the whole thing, I mean, they've sacrificed, this is like going for the lowest common denominator and not telling, not telling a good story that you've got right here. Because I'll give you an example. You know, Doc Ock comes to this half asking. Well, first, I do one thing I did like was I did like Doc Ock figuring out that part of the reason Mary is Mary Jane is attracted to Peter is that duality of Peter being yeah. Spider Man. You know, I like that. That was nice. Whereas, whereas, you know, like we and we talked a little bit about this. You know, when Mark Webb and Emma Stone said, "Oh, Gwen Stacy loved Peter, but Mary Jane loved Spider Man," and that's the difference, which was a totally simplistic. And, and misunderstanding of the entire thing, it's not so much that Mary Jane likes or loves Spider Man as opposed to Peter, but the thing, and even if you read Parallel Lives, back to Gary Conway, it's that duality of the two. You know, she doesn't know. She says, you know, it's like, boy, this guy. You know, by day he's a, a, a he's he's a nerdy little guy. By night he's punching out supervillains. So in a way, she is drawn to that duality, and Doc figures that out. Perhaps even. More earlier, than, I, I, Peter may never have figured it out. The doc figures it out pretty quickly. But then the, the, the whole breakup sequence, you know, is just doc, it's rambling. It makes no sense. Oh, it's an, it's an incalculable conundrum. You know, no, that's stupid. Here's the real reason. You know, Dr. Octopus realizes that to love Mary Jane, he has to have a relationship with Mary Jane. Dr. Octopus is at this point in time incapable of a relationship. He doesn't know how to handle it, you know. I mean, and and that's why he can't love Mary Jane right now because it would require him to to not just want to lay her. You know, I mean, I can. It, you know, he comes to the re, he he comes to the realization that you know to have her to love this woman, I have to do more than just have sex with her. You know, um, and he's you know Doc Doc is not emotionally mature enough for that. Why you know so that's the story why that story it wasn't told why we got this sort of half ass you know uh explanation for why they can't be together is ridiculous um this this is just very poorly written um uh, uh, uh it, an extremely poor poor story uh when you go around to giving grades i'm going to give it a d uh it's 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 just it's just awful
3: uh Anybody else have any thoughts before we move on to the next one? I just
1: have to say... Um, Kim, Dr. Octopus jerked off with Peter Parker's penis. <laughs> that will forever be in a Spider-Man wow. comic book. Fuck that. <laughs> wow. This is, this is why we all missed Kevin
6: Cushing when he was not on the show. Wow. I'm going to say this. Wow. I'm going to say so this. Now, this is the exact I thought it was
2: ass, right? because <laughs> it happens in the front so anyway oh God.
6: I
0: thought it was weird when, when they went home after one of the dates like Mary Jane's like oh yeah by the way Carly's living with me if they've been dating for weeks don't you think like the fact that you know his other ex-girlfriend is living at the house would have come up in a conversation
6: he, p- he probably did but he probably was too busy looking at her boobs to remember
3: I, I if, if I'm going to play slot advocate uh, if if, if Kevin, it wasn't printed. It was implied. Anything can happen
5: in between the panels.
1: Oh shit! That was on panel.
5: <laughs> <laughs> was
1: his face were you looking at his face? Uh, he
5: "Stop touching my body." More, than, he says it twice.
1: Boom! <laughs> does he really? Does he here's, say, "Stop"? To- here's my body. you have to. If you didn't get it, it yeah, will nail. It the will nail the coffin shut for you. First, we have a full page image of Peter Parker's smiling face looking up. Coital, (laughs) as he is imagining Mary Jane naked all over the place. Directly after that, we have him getting out of bed saying, I haven't slept that well in ages. Directly after that, we have him in the shower with Peter's ghost screaming, Please stop touching my body.
3: (laughs) Here's the quote. These are my memories. You don't have the right to dot, dot, dot. And then Ox says, her touch, her taste, the feel of every inch of her. I swear, Octavius, I will get you for this. It doesn't say stop touching I my body. I thought that
0: was funny. It. <laughs> so <laughs> so he's it. like, wait, I could be with the Watson woman anytime I want. Oh, God, no, oh, 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 no. Oh, I, I see, <laughs> I see, pap, I pap, see pap, the point.
3: Yeah, but he says, stop touching my body. Does he have to keep touching my body? Oh, okay. He was He's taking the shower. Okay, I see. But,
1: yeah, okay, not really? moment, but it's a direct link, like two things after it. You get
3: jerking off,
1: had the best sleep of my life, does he have to keep touching my body?
3: <laughs> all right. I, I, I got from A to B to C. I'm I, I with okay, you. Know
1: what? It's on panel.
6: Okay. Right, the most right. disturbing part of that image to me was the upside down kiss with Doc Ock glasses.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the ghost of Peter says, "Ooh, you pervy old man. <laughs> okay, I can take it back. You can touch my body. Just don't touch anyone else with it. <laughs> How's that for a panel? <laughs> there you go. Wow. Oh, okay, this Dang.
6: is this 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 goes all to the point that I was Can gonna make. Keep
3: touching my body. Oh my
6: god. This is all to the point I was gonna make. Remember when Dan yeah. Slott said that you know, well, you're getting a different Dan Slott. You're gonna get a creepy, weird Dan Slott. This is creepy and weird and all <laughs> the wrong reasons.
3: It was true. <sighs> all right, I'm I'm ready to go around the panel around the horn for the grades. All right, uh, Kevin,
1: uh, I'm giving it a D. The only reason it's not an F is because Stegman's art's still great.
3: Okay, I'm done.
5: Uh this shit was garbage. Um I don't know. This this was this this was
3: ass in prison. Uh, <laughs> 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 D- uh JR, you gave it a D, as I remember? Yep. Okay, Zach. Big old
4: fat
6: F. Even
3: with right. segments
6: art.
4: Chris. I might I was going to this thinking I was gonna give it a D, but I might go down to D-minus, and the only thing keeping it from an F is that it's kind of so bad it's funny, not so yeah. angry. So D-minus as well, we're all settled.
3: So. I, I guess C-minus out of me. I'm not going totally D, but man, dude came close. Dude, Really, C-minus. C-minus. <laughs>
6: wow.
3: It's a low average. <laughs> You're trying
6: it's, to get slot back on this show, aren't you? You're trying
3: no, to- I'm not. <laughs> I I like I like the I like the idea of a dude in Don't his any mind. More. Don't say anymore. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I I can understand a dude trying to get laid. I can understand that, and I can also understand. Um, what what else did I like about this? I like the try not to. Break, is this the one where he tried to break her neck like uh, Gwen Stacy? Yes, but that's been. I the thought the vulture
0: babies, not be- Jim Henson's vulture babies. <laughs> you <laughs> made your dreams come
3: true. Dreams come true. All right.
1: Oh, okay,
0: yeah.
3: All right. Let's move on to number three.
1: Uh, I never gave a grade, gonna,
0: but I'm I'm oh, going to give it a B. You're going to give it a B? We are done. Yeah, I had, I, yeah I, I had fun with the issue.
3: Ah. Uh, Gosh, I thought I was the highest grade. You really, you're you the one that won slot on the show. Yeah, guys. yeah, you're trying to get yeah, it back I mean, San Diego.
0: I haven't, I haven't been afraid to give an F. You know, you heard what I said about 697, I, I think it was. <laughs> it's a, it's a
6: brand-new Marvel now. Come on, now. My God. All new right. That's all.
3: <laughs> Number three, Bertoni. you've got this one.
0: Yeah, and um, since I've switched recording studios, uh, my, my notes and my synopsis might be a little choppy. Um, so I'm going from memory here. Um, the police captain, you know, who, who's also had a body swap with someone, because apparently he's forgotten that Carly Cooper is a CSI lab person. Um, she's assigned to work with the superior Spider-Man on, they're tracking down Adrian Toom and the Vulture Babies, right? Um, I don't have my yes. notes in front of me, but yeah. And, and Carly, you know, like twirls her mustache, like, oh, I'll be keeping an eye on you, fake Peter Parker. Uh, Mayor Jameson's there because he's unveiled the new spider signal and, uh, which Hawk promptly destroys and says, "Oh come on, you're testing me because only an idiot would tell all my enemies where I am." Um, and, the, and that stole, I think that
3: stole I think, Batman.
0: yeah, I think that the headline on like around for that was like, "See the Superior Spider-Man Dis Batman or something like that," which um and um like I said, I I don't have a Twitter anymore. I mean, I have one I don't use, but I check on Twitter sometimes to see the people's reactions, and a lot of people are like. You're just Batman's plot and thought that, oh, he's Batman. He can take it. Um, so uh, Peter Puss tells Carly that he doesn't need her. He's going to handle this on his own. And then this is uh, – the Ghost Peter's abilities, it's a little weird, this issue. And I think Chris touched on it in his review because, like, he was reading Otto's inner inner uh, monologues before and commenting on it, the last issue. And this issue, he's not – He's not sure what Otto's thinking. He's like, "What's your plan with the Vulture?" Because apparently, he he remembers um an encounter with with the Vulture um at Doctor Octopus during the old Sinister Six days, where he said that he just wanted one big score and he was going to go away. So Otto, who's clearly an idiot, shows up as Spider Man, offers to buy the Vulture off, and doesn't you know think that the Vulture is going to be the least bit suspicious about it. He sends Jim Henson's Vulture babies on them. And um, Otto hits one of them, and he's shocked to find out that they're not bitches or dwarves, that they're actually children. I'm I'm a little confused about the mechanics of it, like how he got these kids or, you know, flying or whatever. But he, um, remembering the abuse that he suffered at the hand of his father, that gets him, like, really ticked. And he no longer wants to, you know, buy the vulture off and send him on a Canaan Island somewhere, you know. He's out for revenge, and he... Uses the uh, disabled spider signal, and again, I don't have the notes in front of me, and it's been a few days since I read it. The shine and the vulture's eyes while they're flying, that subdues him, and Carly Cooper kind of comes to the conclusion that, yeah, really, the solicitation was kind of misleading, because it's like, will Carly Cooper figure out the, Vol- the, the superior Spider-Man secret identity? She has no different information than she had at the end of number two. Like, number two ends with her being like, hmm, I'll see. And this ends with her being like, "Mm, I'll see. It's not like she uncovered, you know, the smoking gun or anything. Um, That's how this issue ends. Like, you know, Auk is like, oh, I think I threw her off. And Ghost Peter's like, oh, no, you didn't. So um, pro and con, it's – I thought that Auk's – I guess for Con, I think Auk's outrage about, you know, the vulture babies being children. Like, yeah, you're drawing on from the abuse of his father. People have commented that, like you know, Ock has put children in danger a lot of times. Um, I don't remember a time where he hit a child directly. So, like you know, maybe that's the excuse that Ock made in his mind. Like, yeah, and ends of the earth, he would have fried lots of children to death. But as long as he wasn't hitting him with his own hand, that's how he justifies it as a supervillain. I think of the, I think of the three issues that we're doing this month. For me, this was. Uh, least enjoyable of the three. I would have liked more of, you know, Carly Cooper investigating or something. Or, you know, or at least remembering that Carly's job is a lab technician and she's not like a detective that can get assigned to do all these different things. I don't know. I'd give it a probably a C.
3: Okay. Let's do pros around the horn. Who's got a who's got a
1: pro? Uh, I'll I'll pro it up. Um, All right, pro it. I thought this was a much better story, and I think a big pro for yeah. me was seeing. Um, this was more of that development of Doc Ock as Spider-Man that we wanted to see originally. To see him recognizing the Vulture as bad, I mean, he knew he was a villain and everything because he had been a villain with him. But before he was just like, "Oh, the Vulture is just this this nice old dude among the Sinister Six. Hey, there's nothing bad about him." And then as the issue progresses, he actually, I guess, sees more through Peter's eyes that. The vulture is a bad guy that he wants to take out, and that's that's very cool on the development of the kind of story I wanted from the Superior Spider-Man. Plus, Stegman's art's still great. Mm-hmm. I love that. I keep mentioning that. that every day what, it,
3: issue. what is it? A two two page spread where you see the uh, the building in the background? You're looking up at it. Where was? Oh that? yeah, I know what you oh,
5: mean. That's a good shot. Um,
3: I absolutely adored that panel. I thought that was just amazing art on that.
5: Uh, any other pros? Okay. I I like the art. Uh, for the I don't want to say the first time, but I'm not been hating the art. But I thought it was actually really outstanding in this issue. There are really like nice panels. I like I like the panel of Peter Puss saying, "Why? What are for children?" And um, just generally, I like it when when villains are shown to be sympathetic, but are, are recognized as uh, you know bad or evil. It's like there was a Detective Comics issue where like Paul Dini wrote Poison Ivy telling that man, you know, I'm not a good person, and I, and I never will be. And this kind of reminds you of that, where the Vulture can't kind of be seen as a sympathetic old man at times. But no, he's a he's a douche. He's actually my no. least favorite Spider-Man villain from the classic Rogues Gallery. If I'm not mentioned on this show, I know I mentioned a lot of times on classics. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like, uh, Drew, you, hate, you hate Vulture, huh? I don't hate him, but it's like he's a villain who. He should not really pose a threat to Spider-Man after a couple of times. Spider-Man should just break his nose each and every time because I don't care how much super strength <laughs> gravity gives him. He's an old man, like an old skinny man, flying around in you know the sky. How how dangerous can he possibly? Be? I understand like you know the whole youth grabbing thing, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's another check not... in the mail for John Simper. But um, yeah. I mean, I liked generally the issue. I liked uh, Carly to me. I don't want them to judge this thing out where she's always, like, you know, has have that, have that side glance at her face, like, yes, Peter Parker, even though I know the truth but won't say anything. That, that's going to get really annoying if we get to issue five and she's still doing that. There needs to be some forward momentum to make this story believable, but there wasn't any, anything uh, particularly abhorrent like last issue, so I, I enjoyed it for the most part. No no real cons. Okay. Any other pros before we move on to cons?
3: I'll
4: pro it on that's All right. Pro. Oh
6: yeah, I got a lot of pros. So. Okay, go ahead, Chris.
4: I I thought it was cool how Doc Ock tried to pay the vulture off with money. Yeah, I think the writers were needing to come up with more ways to show that Otto's approach to crime fighting was different from Peter's, and because they've basically been going the route like Otto plans better and Otto's more brutal, but they they sort of need to add more to that. And I think this is a great example of something that Peter would just not do. because would be too unjust. Um, but from Otto's perspective, you can see that why he'd think it would just solve the problem given what he knows about the vulture's motivations. So, you know, it plays to the fact that uh, Ock and Vulture know each other and they have some sort of respect for each other from working together. So, you know, that was a good part.
6: Okay. And,
4: Zach, what was your other pro?
6: Man, my pro is. Uh, yeah. Okay, does Ryan Stegman's artwork look like anybody else's artwork to you? Mm, Does it like instantly – no, I'm I'm asking this question for legitimate reasons because I I absolutely love it. It's so unique, and yet it still feels classic. And I kind of wanted to get into Stegman's artwork because I thought his artwork has gotten progressively better, and this was the best issue with his artwork. I thought his ink lines were cleaner. I thought that the story was good. I even like the new costume of the Vulture. I think the, the Vulture costume actually looks better with Stegman drawing it than it did with uh, Giuseppe. So um, I actually like this whole the whole story, and, and that's kind of my pros. Because like, like, whenever uh, Koi Fan replaced Stegman on Scarlet Spider, the first thing that popped in my head when I'm looking at his artwork is, holy crap, this looks like Ron Garney. Mm-hmm. Um this but with with stigma, it was so it's so unique and it's so uh, such a breath of fresh air that I think that it it's a welcome addition now we haven't really talked much of i mean we've i think Kevin's mentioned it every time uh with his with his reviews but i-, I kind of wanted to get everybody's opinion on that before i moved on well, I, I enjoy it i i, I yep. think it's, it's the best. there's job. only one
3: problem i i've found and it's on the back of spider man's head what what is the thing jewish people wear to pray it looks like he has a web yamaka on the back of his head What the hell the 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 spider look at the back any panel where it's the back of his head looks like a spider yamaka well do you
5: guys remember when they used to talk about during ultimate spider-man whether or not peter parker was jewish i don't know if anybody remembers that that uh era of you know early 2000 spider-man but now that bradman brings it up i don't think he is jewish but uh why, Brad? Are you saying that there's a problem that Spider-Man could possibly be Jewish? Are oh no, <laughs> no! But oh,
3: you just saw the picture. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm not going to get into that. I'm just saying that that that's kind of distracting to me. I don't like how the webs lay on the back of his
6: head. I haven't that's noticed
5: so. that, but. personally it, it, It's supposed to be a legitimate redesign. It's not. It's not like you know his interpretation of the costume. It's supposed to be a, a, specifically different, right?
6: Yeah, I mean
1: what? that's that's what he, that's what he says. I
3: like the polarizing lenses. I thought that was smart.
1: Yeah, to what uh, Zach is saying about like comparisons, I've heard a lot of people compare him to Humberto Ramos, and I do not get that, um, I, I, because Ryan Stegman has seen Anatomy before. Um, oh. Oh. I mean, I'm, okay, guys, <laughs> seriously, go look up anything Ryan Stegman's drawing on Superior Spider-Man, then look up the Humberto Ramos variant to Superior Spider-Man number one. There is no actual sense of anatomy going on in the Spider-Man that Humberto Ramos drew on that cover. It looks not like a human body. Yeah, I don't know it's... why you would put that up as your image for a number one special variant relaunched Spider-Man comic book. Because it doesn't look like a person. I don't think I've seen I that, get there. that. Some people. Oh, I'm looking at it now, yeah. I get that me. some people enjoy Humberto Ramos's art. There have been times where I've enjoyed it. Um, that is indicative of why I in general don't enjoy it, and I really don't understand the comparison between uh Stegman and Ramos. And I was thinking, you know, I would say Stegman is closer to a classic Spider Man artist like John Remita Jr., but then I thought about that more, and he's really nothing like John Remita Jr. There's just right. something classic feeling in it. It's what exactly what Zach is saying. I just I think Stegman is really good at drawing people that look like people while still drawing Spider-Man action that moves. And a lot of people, it seems like, are good at one or the other. Like, they're really good at one or the other. Um, But Stegman has such a great marriage of the two in a way that I rarely see, and I really love the aesthetic of his art.
6: Mm -hmm. And in that regard, I would call him like a Bagley-type artist, because I think Bagley nails both. I think he does action scenes better than
1: I would agree with
5: that. I would not compare him to Bagley, but... I mean, I like Stegman generally, I do, I think that his art is appealing because it's it's it goes for the cartoony quality while still being bombastic. Like the art is kind of the art that like just booms off the page. Um, I think colors and inks have a lot to do with establishing his art in, in Spider-Man. though because we we've talked about how Inkers can really make or break a Spider-Man artist. So I think that uh, right. with with this, I think he's sort of starting to come into his own, especially with the Vulture. That gives him a lot of times to, you know, have high sw- high swinging, flying action. Yeah.
3: Alright, we ready to go around the horn for the grades. Let's do it. Sure.
5: JR, what's your grade?
2: I I actually kinda like this issue. I gave it a B.
3: Uh Don? I'll give it a B. Uh Kevin. B
6: Zach. Oh, this is an A. Chris. B plus. A what?
3: B plus. B isn't boy, alright. And Bertoni.
0: I think I gave it a C, right, when I did my roundup.
3: Okay. I also give it a B, plus for the art. And um, the the only cons I had, I, I I didn't like the let's juice up the bats or the spider signal. I just thought that was I so thought it was I thought it was funny. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's at the perfect spot in the sky for the spider signal to zap him. When was the last time you used well, the spider signal on his belt?
1: I long time. Don't know. It's long. I love
5: that dance. I thought it was funny.
1: My one little con was that the vulture's yeah. costume in general looks good, but how can you have a vulture without wings?
3: Yeah, that's true. How is it, is it in his back? How's he flying? Just,
1: I mean, I don't. I, they were given excuses for like how he had made the material in his suit so good that he was flying better. But even if you don't need wings, his name is the fucking vulture. Why doesn't he have wings?
6: Right. <laughs> wings right. The last yeah. time I saw him floating in the air like that was during the Marvel Knights run. He was pissed off. He didn't have wings. He's like, I don't have any wings anymore. I can't fly that fast. Shut up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. With that, uh,
3: Don, you've got a birthday party to go to, right? Indeed. Uh, I'm was to attend my, my brother's uh, birthday
5: uh, dinner. So All I right. shall be uh, do you to the Crawl Space uh, for this month. And I shall yes. see you guys in uh, March Madness.
3: Happy birthday <laughs> to your brother.
5: Thank you. I'll be sure to tell him. <laughs> Bye, then.
3: guys. Adios. Bye. And Tony, how long do I have you?
0: Uh, you have me for five minutes. Um, I, start, <laughs> okay. I, I start my shift. And I, I want to make a, a point about that issue, too. Well, more so in arguments that people have been getting online about the issue, and I alluded to it in my impression before. Uh, Chris and I have been talking to people about the Carly Hammer. And now back in 20, 2009, 2010, the Carly Hammer was a very real thing. It was a very ridiculous thing. It died off around big time, but it, you still saw it a little bit in hashtag. People, it's over. You know, nowadays Carly can't do anything without people crying Carly Hammer. You know, it's it, it needs to stop. It's it, it, it's over because the Carly Hammer is not a thing anymore.
3: And if I've got you for five minutes, let's you get the Bertone Bio of the Month out of the way. What, what's who is the character this month?
0: Okay, Living Brain. So I got to do this without my notes. um
1: <laughs>
0: so let's see. you doing it uh, driving?
1: And double time. What?
0: Yeah, well, well, then you'll have me in the hospital. Um, there, um, Yeah, the living brain is the forgotten Lee Dicko, you know, Spider-Man villain, because everyone remembers all the classic Lee Dicko villains, you know, like Electro, Dr. Octopus, the Green Goblin, the Big Man and the Enforcers, and the living brain, you know, he's right up there with them. Um, this guy named, I think it was either Dr. Petty or Professor Petty. I don't have my notes, so this is going to be, you know, like the drunk version of Bertoni's bios. Um, he goes to Midtown Highs senior class because peter was already a senior by issue eight i I think peter was meant to be a senior all along and this whole he was spider-man when he was 15 years old was a retcon later because even in amazing fantasy 15 they're talking about scholarships um there's other stuff going on in that issue like you know him and flash fighting and losing his glasses but the focus is you know this guy's demonstrating this robot called the living brain which could solve any problem and um I really wish I had the panel to read off because the kids say, oh, let's have it solve Spider-Man's secret identity. And they feed the living brain information about Spider-Man so it can solve the secret identity. Like, uh, somehow these kids know how much Spider-Man weighs. And Liz Allen's like, and
3: he's a dream, he has
0: And she's cl- clutching, you know, like tiger beat or something. Um, it spits out num- numeric code, which Peter, um, you know, is supposed to take home and decode. He, he later claims that he loses it. But these guys who are unloading the living brain from a crate or something, like, yeah, hey, we can use that, you know, to, to do some gambling. It's actually the pre-crisis version of Nathan Lubinsky, um, you know, before the bookies got him. So they try and steal the living brain, but they accidentally hotwire it. It goes crazy and, you know, around the school. But it, all it really does is, you know, like move around and, like, spin its gyros. It's not really much of a threat. But, you know, Spider-Man's like, oh, man, that thing almost take, took me out. So he takes out the living brain. The next time you see him in a Spider-Man story is actually um, Alex Savick and uh, Jerry Conway in the Web of Spider-Man run. You know, very soon after the marriage, uh, Peter goes back to be a substitute at Midtown High. Uh,
3: and web Web thirty-five, February of
0: eighty-eight. It looks like. Yeah. Yeah. The eighties a- hit Midtown High hard because it looks like you know one of those like inner city schools and. All the kids have leather jackets, punk rock looks, and mohawks, and they're not interested in the high end. And Peter calls the principal, I think it's like Principal Scott in that. And I was like, but it's Principal Davis. And Peter's like, oh, I never liked Principal Scott. And I'm like, you never had a Principal Scott. Come on, Conway. <laughs> you know better than this. But the son of um, the, the original Living Brain uh, creator, his name is Betty, he's like a geeky student like Peter Parker. And there's a version of, like, Flash Thompson who's picking on him. And, like, there's a girl named Rhonda who's supposed to be, like, the XB for Liz. Um, the original Living Brain was, like, discontinued after that whole incident. So, And he was donated to Midtown High's, you know, Science Center, along with a bunch of computers that the company had. And the kid's apparently been working on living the Living Brain. And because he's being bullied by everyone, he activates the Living Brain and makes it go after the kid that's been bullying him. Spider-Man stops him and uh, the living brain again easily, and the kid gets um, arrested. And the next issue, he becomes a supervillain and you don't see the living brain again. Now, I have stuff written down about his other appearances, but they're mostly minor. I found a lot of stuff looking him up to make sure I didn't miss anything that I didn't even know about. Like, apparently there's some other Marvel title where there was, like, an army of living Brain. I got to confess that I never read it. Yeah, next
3: wave. I was just looking at that. Next wave – um, number eleven was a according to Wikipedia, the brand corporation somehow created duplicates of the Living Brain and unleashed them upon Next Wave at the time when they invaded the Beyond Corporation's state fifty one base. Next wave managed to make short work of the Living Brain duplicates. I'd never read that one.
0: And um There is an issue of the, you know, Buckingham and Jenkins run on Peter Parker's Spider-Man, where you see him in one panel tied up with bank robbers while Peter's talking to Uncle Ben's grave about his life. So that is the living brain, Lee Dicko person, you know, uh, new member of the Sinister Six. And somebody on Slot's Twitter, I I guess, was complaining that the living brain was talking and he never had the power to talk before. And Slot response was, if the Siri app on your phone can talk to you, then the giant living brain should be able to talk, which I agree with. Uh, the other Bertoni's bio that I'll do, because my five minutes are up, but I'll just be like, you know, two or three minutes late to work is, I, w- I want to address the history of this crazy town banana pants and the catchphrase, you know. It's yeah. And this is going to be a little harder without my notes, but a lot of, you know, everyone talks about, you know, the phrase crazy town banana pants and, you know, how Uncle Ben said it to Peter in Amazing Fantasy 15. That's not what happened. Uncle Ben doesn't actually say it in Amazing Fantasy 15. <laughs> it's said in a narration box. And, it, and it's not actually, you know, like, uttered the same way. Instead of it's crazy town banana pants, it's like that town of crazy banana pants. It wasn't, you know, adjusted to crazy town banana pants until the first year of the lead to co-run, in which case everyone was beat over the head with it. And a lot of people complained on the Nick Hammond show, you know, when they never had Spider-Man say it because that was supposed to be his catchphrase. And then my, you know, um, the, the Paul Jenkins, you know, run there, there's that good story that, you know, that Mark, uh, him to the art for, you know, one of those uncle Ben stories that he always does where you remember the origin of the crazy town banana pants phrase and how Peter and uncle Ben, you know, actually <laughs> made a pair of banana pants together. And, you know, and Peter left the banana and uncle Ben's grave at the funeral because, you know, he was so sad <laughs> and that was their special thing. The rainy yeah. films, beat you over the head with crazy town banana pants and cliff robertson saying them in dream sequences good effing lord and then of course there was (laughs) complaints about you know this recent andrew garfield film because instead of saying crazy town banana pants uncle ben you know it he danced around he's like you know it's like it it's like a type of pants peter that you know that you wear that has potassium on it with its own (laughs) prominence
3: And if you freeze the the DVD at the exact spot and you look over the shoulder of Andrew Garfield on his computer, if you zoom in really tight, you can see in Bing he was searching for Crazy Town Banana Pants. Oh,
0: they're, they're very good. Now you know. I mean, I, w- <laughs> I I wish that Spider-Man had a had a better catchphrase. Like that one show, Community. You know, when those characters yeah. said, "With great power comes great responsibility." That's a good catchphrase from Community, right there. Um. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I was able to squeeze that crazy town, banana pan fans brain thing in, but um, nice. I got to go recommendation is um, uh, for the Batman universe podcast. They recently did like a five year anniversary special and it is like, it is a documentary on like, you know, five years of this podcast with interviews and stuff. It is very, very good. And you know, all your favorite crawl space friends are on it. I'm on it. Um, Don's on it. Stella's on it. Um, so yeah, check it out. Um, Enjoy the rest of the show, guys. I gotta go.
3: <laughs> All right, yeah. thank you, sir. Peace, right.
6: peace, love, and happiness.
3: And then there were five little super friends. Yeah. All right, five <laughs> little super friends. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Let's go to. Let's do the news now. Uh, Zach, you're gonna take this one. Don was originally gonna take it. Uh, it seems that. Um, Bleeding Cool had a nice little article up there about um, what did Mary Jane really whisper in Mephisto's ear? Yes, and someone deciphered that if you take the letters, um, it will. S- they zoomed it. They zoomed in on what was it? Comixology, I guess. Uh, I, I think it no, was Marvel, the Marvel website, the Marvel digital version. And uh, it says that Mary Jane whispers in his ear, "You will make me remember everything." So, do you like that alternate
6: uh, idea, Zach? Or what, what's your thoughts on I it? I think it sucks. Yeah. Okay, I, they should have done. Uh, well, okay, let me rephrase that. I think this would have been better received than what she actually said in omit. Um, right. I, I, I think that it sucks that we find out, you know, four years. Later, five years later, six years later, whatever, that um, that's what she actually said. By making it to where you couldn't read it um, hardly at all is kind of bogus to me. I think that if they, they had stuck to their, to their laurels and actually made it to where – and that may have been a JMS thing. Which I would have to defer to Kevin for the expertise on that, but it, it just goes to show that they were making it all up as they went along. There really was no plan. Uh, there was no point to that scene at all. And um, yeah, I it just it's 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 frustrating.
3: So is it a better is that a better alternative to her remembering everything, or as opposed to no one remembering anything?
6: I think everybody. I think I think it would have been better if she remembered.
3: Yeah. What do the rest of you guys think? Is that a better alternative? Chris, what do you think? Better than
4: what happened. I'm, that's a better deal than what happened. You I think? think whenever you do a story where everybody in the world is about something, it's it's good to have one character who remembers the truth because at least in some, world, it's everything still matters, and yeah. that's my preference.
3: Yeah. Jr., what do you think? What's your you prefer her remembering or not remembering?
2: Well, it's not a matter of whether or not Mary Jane remembers per se. It's that if she does at least the story has some consequences you know yeah. at least there's an impact whereas this at least somebody has done something and knows about it and has to deal with the repercussions of their decision the whole way the way one more day happened i mean there are, are no repercussions because nobody remembers you know I mean, there's there's no fallout. I mean, just nobody remembers. Nobody regrets the choice they made. Nobody has to live with it. I mean, Peter does not have to live with the choice he made because he doesn't remember it. That is stupid, stupid storytelling. And so that's kind of my perspective on that.
3: Yeah. Uh, let's see, let's tackle another news item, Jr. uh, did you see the Super Bowl? Did you see the Norman Osborn playing Mephisto?
2: Well, first of all, for, for I did not watch the Super Bowl because I am unwilling to tolerate the Baltimore Ravens, and the Baltimore City's, uh, tolerance of a man whose role in a double murder is yet not sufficiently explained, but, and I won't even get into Art model, but, uh... It,
3: JR, you're 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 pull back from your microphone a little bit. You're 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 redlining it a little bit.
2: Oh, right. really? No, I'm actually got it right in front of my face here. But uh, okay. anyway, um, it's kind of a little loud. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, a little loud. Okay. Oh, it was real loud.
5: Yeah. All right. Back off. Uh, there uh, uh, you
2: go. I, Just like Captain Kirk in the Star Trek Six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I did see the uh, I did see the uh, commercial from uh, when you posted it on your site. And, Right. I mean, what does there say? It's another stupid car commercial. You know, guy gets a chance to make a deal with the devil or whatever for everything, and he he looks and says, "Oh, gee, I can buy the car for only thirty thousand dollars, so I don't need to, you know, I don't need to make the deal with you." Oh yeah, great. You know, hey guy, you got thirty thousand dollars in your back pocket? Could you share some with me? Stupid
3: commercial. <laughs> They're all stupid. <laughs> Yeah, but isn't it nice to see Willem Dafoe be evil? It, I mean, is always,
2: it is always nice to see Willem Dafoe be evil. I hope he got paid plenty of money to be in such a stupid commercial.
3: <laughs> Kev, did you like that? I thought it was neat. Norman Osborne as Mephisto. I have not watched it, actually.
1: Oh. God knows. I, I volunteered for a shift on Super Bowl Sunday.
3: And that's a wrap on this episode. Before we go, I want to give another shout-out to our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. An example of their great prices is on the third issue of the Alpha Big Time miniseries. Now, the description reads, quote, I'm not kidding. A killer is on the loose that Alpha created, but the high school hero has a bigger threat, which is dating. The defining moment of the greatest superhero to ever exist is here, <laughs> and unquote. The cover price $2.99. Mail Order has it for just a buck eighty-five. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I'm your host and webmaster, Brad Douglas, for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com.